Welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, along with me, Colin Doyle. We are back after a couple of weeks off. We had, I was down and out sick, and then we had the bye week, and everybody was busy, but uh, happy to say we're back here, leading into the playoffs. Doyle, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Mike. It's good to be back. I would say if we took a two-week hiatus, it was a good time to do it. We really didn't miss a ton. And no, we, we did. We, we didn't. No, especially uh, the bye week leading into last week's game. I think uh, maybe the week before there was a few things to touch on with the game against New England. There was some shenanigans at the end of the game and uh, shenanigans. It's hardly worth talking. Near about. shenanigans. Really hoping we. Now I would have made it in had we had something to talk. Had about. something actually so, erupted. Yeah. No. It I, was close though. Come on, horseshoes and hand grenades, <laughs> Mike. That's We're Jesse, better than that's that. That's Jesse the Body Ventura meant, uh, material. There. Is it? I'm not a wrestling person. He used to use that all the time. Really? Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> you don't remember that? Really? I, I never the, watched wrestling. Really? Even no. back in like the Hulk Hogan? No. Nah, no. I, no I, like I knew who Hulk Hogan was. Yeah. I, I saw a good document documentary on uh, Andre the Giant. It was fat. That was good. Oh yeah. I, I wasn't a wrestling I guy. Seen that. No. I still, I, you know, I have a hard time, you know, in, 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 as an adult or as a kid <laughs> believing, and I so know as a human being, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I just as an don't adult get or a kid. It. Yeah. I don't get, I just don't get it. And I'm not here yeah. to beat it up. I just don't get it. It's, <laughs> it's the theater of it all. It's a soap opera for men. No, fair enough. Not my speed then, I guess all right. I'll take days of our lives. Oh, like sand through the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, where do you want to start here? Do you want to talk about how the? Let's talk about how the regular season ended. Uh, a win at home, uh, close one again. Lots of one goal games here this season. One and two goal games. Uh, close outcomes that maybe weren't always reflective of how the game went, but lots of close scores. Uh, the Rock defeats uh, New England, the last home game back on April the 12th, a couple of weeks off. And then Friday night, come into a game uh, against the Vancouver Warriors with nothing on the line for either team in terms of the standings. But this was the first chance really for the Rock to have pretty well their full lineup together since I want to say February 24th in New England, I think was kind of the last time everybody was together. Um, Damon Edwards, of course, didn't play Friday night. He was moved to the IR. Uh, Jay Thornbert was scratched. Phil Caputo was scratched. Um, but for the most part, it was pretty much their their playoff lineup, I think, that we saw on Friday night. And I feel like from our very brief conversation here, I know you maybe know your thoughts on this game already, but um, I think it was very good for the Rock to get this one under their belt, and regardless of their opponent and what was on the line, to really put in, I think, a pretty good effort, have a nice clean win, a nice clean sheet here going into the playoffs, because I think if we look back over the past few years, I don't know if this team has really rode into the playoffs feeling as good about themselves as this season. 
then the holdout was the best thing to happen to the Toronto Rock because what else would you want served on your platter than a glorified scrimmage <laughs> going into the playoffs? <laughs> so, yes, I do not put a ton or any stock in that game at all. Good to have everybody back. Good to see who's healthy and who's not, who can get through 60 minutes. But a mean-nothing game in Vancouver at the end, I, I just put little stock into it other than the fact that it gave them a good run together. And, you know, uh, like I said, I think they probably got to test Burnsy out and Jonesy to make sure they're good to go and they, they don't want the mistake of dressing one of them in Georgia here uh, and, and having them go down in the middle of the game. So I, I think for all those reasons, it was great. I think Tommy, it was a good opportunity for Tommy to find his stroke again a little bit. He was a little bit more lively, had some jump in his step, and I think Nick had a good game. So, I mean, for all those reasons, it was good. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just don't put a ton of stock into it. I think, I, I think it's irrelevant what's coming at them and what they just, you know, what last week presented. So Absolutely, I think, in terms of the competition level and all those kind of things. But I think for a confidence builder, like you're saying, to, for guys to get their stroke back and whatnot, and I think Tom, over the last couple of games, has looked a lot better. I thought some of the plays he made in the New England game, that one pass to Lintner that he made on the crease was – out of this world I thought and you know he had he had a two and seven night he had a Tom night against Vancouver I think two and seven night against Vancouver I, I look I get it <laughs> Mike and I'm not going to cut you off it felt like it Tommy has so much to prove to me this week and I'm excited to see it because I think he's going to pull through yep. and you're right he he did he did build his confidence a bit and he was carrying the ball a lot more and all those great things but it was against Vancouver and I'm not sliding well I am sliding Vancouver here it's just you know, they're going to see a different animal this week. So, yes, you're right. For all the reasons you just said, it was good for the team. But, you but. know, it, before we go on and say Tommy's back, you know, before I do that, i got to see it this week. And I know I've been harping on him for a while. Like, I, I, I know that. But the reality, the, the, the reality sitting in front of this team right now is he's going to be the leader here. If they're going to go and hang some goals in Georgia, he's going to have to be a playmaker. And uh, he's going to have to be such a threat that – the doubles and triples have to come early, and everybody benefits from it. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence there. I'm not willing to say Tommy's back after that. But, you know, it's a good step for sure. And I, I do believe, I do believe he's going to have a game this week. I believe that too. And I, I, I believe it mostly based on the last couple of games, really, even too, that I thought he was really good against New England and I thought he was really good in this last game. But one other guy I want to touch on too that I feel like has, has to give – the rock some even more i guess reason for hope here in the playoffs and uh, optimism challen rogers seems to be rounding into the impactful guy that we saw that was the mvp in the major series this past summer for the oakville rock and doing things everywhere his breakaway goal his his uh his other goal he scored where he seemed to just change the angle on his shot while he was winding up and kind of hung uh, penny out to dry as he was winding up and um yeah I, I don't think rounding in the form is the right term in this I literally think from start to finish he's been our most consistent best player and and, and you're right yes. he, he seems to be all over the score sheet a little bit more um but in big part because of the power play time but I, I just think you know, if you're a Rock fan, you can't help yourself but be excited that this this yeah. guy, I believe, belongs in the MVP conversation in the league. I don't think he's there yet this year. I think there are some performances that were, you know, that were probably greater than his. But, you know, there's no question. I'm sure we're going to touch on this later. He's the MVP of this team. And when you gave him the C, if there's any questions about what his 
year was going to look like. I mean, he just squashed all those. And I, I just thought, he, you know, he, he's been so terrific and he's such a pleasure to watch. He just does things at a different speed with a different size. And again, uh, you know, we talk about Tommy having to have a game here, you know, and you wonder, is Tommy going to have a game? Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question. Jalen Rogers is going to go one and three or two and two, and he's going to mark up one of their best players and he's going to be 12 loose balls. I, you just know that. So, yes, I would say if you had him circled, you're you're bang on. Um, so there's a, a bit of a tease that we'll be doing some uh, awards later on uh, in the podcast. But also uh, another guy I thought was really good the other night, Brad Cree again. Um, uh, he just ate up some guys. Like went, went yeah. It, it All year like long. As soon as he gets close to, it's like he's got eight arms. He, he, His wingspan. Octocree. It is like it's crazy, Brad Octocree. That's good. Yeah, I like it. I like That's it. Good. Yeah, look I, again. We, there's no sense yeah. just beating a dead horse here. He has been phenomenal, without a shadow of a doubt. Our best defensive player from start to finish. It, it should be nothing but impressive again, and and for him to go, you know, I think for both those guys to have great games in Vancouver meant something to them. Creed was obviously let go from that team a few years ago. It's in the past, I'm sure, but it's always nice for him. And then Challen to be. To have that game at home, I'm sure, yeah. is, is, you know, he doesn't get to play at home. This Ontario, unlike most players, like Ontario, Toronto, this isn't his home, and it's good for him to go back and have that kind of game. I'm sure everybody out there was thrilled. So kudos to both of them. And I wanted to say also, Cree stepped in and went 17 for 23 in the faceoff circle too, which was uh, great. I thought the team battled uh, no draw, man, really there, well. Though. I know, but I, that's what I was going to say. I thought the team battled really Really hard, really well to get those balls I, too on those faceoffs, and I think this is what you're going to see moving forward. Do you? Yeah. Do you got? Yeah, I'm pretty sure so that they're going to give that to Brad now. I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like Jay Jay served an incredible purpose for the team. But I think you know it's do or die now, and I think you go with Brad uh, moving forward, even if he's not over 50 on the draws. You know, if he can go 50 just to change over, but but be uh, you know our our best defensive player on top of that. I think now yeah. you don't have to worry about saving him. So yep. Um, another guy I wanted to talk about, Brandon Slade, scored again. He finished the season with a Cy Young-like stat line of 11 goals and zero assists. I've been saying this since day one. He is an incredible ball hog. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but hey, he's, he's I, if great. at the start of the season you would have thought 11 goals and he showed some versatility when you needed to plug him in, they plugged him in up front. He scored big goals too at times this year. And I, I feel like you're just teasing your unsung no, hero. No, I know where you're going I'm with not, this, Mike. He's not my unsung hero. Really? Pick. No. I he maybe he's honorable mention. I guess. Well, but. we can't. No, 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 no. If we're gonna give 11 awards <laughs> away, there's no honorable mentions. This isn't. This, this isn't is a, a track meet in pre, grade four. Pre-award honorable okay nothing. yes yeah but I, I he was just one guy i wanted to mention that i i feel like at times has got some love because he scored big goals but overall his body of work i think has been pretty good considering you know where he was probably coming into training camp before his first season last year and where he is now pretty well a lock in the lineup i think he's a guy who's come a long way here in two years well i think every coach has kind of got their you know their depth guy 
that they hold close to them that they can use in any situation. It's uh, a nice Now, out. are you talking about a slightly undersized defender from Orangeville that works really hard? There you go. So all the coaches <laughs> that I've had in the past seem There's to always have one of, of these guys. I, I'm starting to think that Matt Sawyer might have his his guy here in in Brandon Slade. So, yeah, I, I mean, what can you say? He's had an, he's had an awesome year, and it's so, yeah. it's so good to see that. This isn't a, a guy that was – you know, amongst the best players coming through junior lacrosse and this and that and the other thing. This is a guy who worked hard. He's, he's gotten what he's deserved. And I would imagine, again, he'll be in the lineup here Monday night. And he'll be a difference maker in some way. He finds a way to do that. So good on him. So let's, uh, let's start to uh, turn our attention to this playoff game coming up on Monday night. Everybody's let's, asking, let's start there. Let's start right there. Why is the game on Monday? No. Oh. I don't care why it's on a Monday. The fact that it's on a Monday. This this seems absurd to me yet again. You don't care that it's on a Monday, but... It's ridiculous that it's on a Monday. And and we can't, as a league, keep shrugging our shoulders. There's two and, games on Monday. There you go. <laughs> it's a doubleheader. It, it's, it, to me, it's just it's asinine. It's ridiculous. And again, I don't care the reason they can't get the arena. I find it to be, you know, five steps forward, six steps back. It I, is a problem. And it's going to be a problem. If, if Georgia should advance here, which we do not want to happen... Uh, <laughs> there's statement of the year, folks. <laughs> they there's arena issues through the whole month in Georgia. Of course there is, because why wouldn't there got be? Graduations and concerts and whatnot booked for the whole month. So, uh, you know, this wouldn't be the first time this happens either. They had to build in a bye week to the schedule a couple of years ago because there was no arena availability in Georgia. So I just think um, we need to be better as a league. I I, I truly do. I, you know, like t- take it or leave it, but. The fact of the matter is, this is no advantage for anybody. Nobody lives in Georgia. None of their players live there. It's a, it's a pain for everybody to get there. Miss two days of work. It, it's an inconvenience. And honestly, who knows who deals with it better? Really, at this point, we don't know. We can have this conversation after. But yeah. the fact of the matter is that it's just a gigantic inconvenience to everything. And I'm still – I get it. I get that we can't book out – you know, playoff dates yeah. in advance, but I, I just I, I think it's unacceptable, and I think as a league we have to be better. I do. It's tough because there's the business side of it, right? Obviously, with the with the building saying, you know, here's a guaranteed date that's filling up the building versus a who knows. And let's face it, I mean, if if all the buildings in the NLL were sold out all the time, teams would have a lot more say and have a lot more influence on what gets held and what doesn't. I think in these buildings and. You know, in certain cases, if the team was owned by the same people that own the building, then again, now you've got some more pull there as well. But Then I think we go back to the day where the team with the larger attendance hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, as, as insane as it sounds, I'd sooner, I'd sooner have to answer the question, why is this game in Toronto on a Saturday night Yeah. versus – well, why is this game in Georgia on a Monday night? I, I feel like the answers to one are, are a little bit more, you know, they're... And it will ah. be tough because I think we can probably all see the writing on the wall with what the attendance will likely be in Georgia on a Monday night. And this is no knock against Georgia at all. But Not at all. Playoff games are very difficult to sell in the NLL because you think about the the full calendar that exists to get to a game in, in March or April. You know, the, the ticket staff and these teams have been selling for months to get those games to ten and eleven thousand, and it, now in four or five days, you've 
now got to try and sell 10, 11,000 tickets. Not easy in the best of circumstances. <clears throat> and I, you know, I, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of yeah. the day, all we really care about is the rock winning and coming home and coming to get to play another game. Yep. But I mean, you know, I think, you know, I can't be the only fan upset with this. And like I said, I'm sure there's a way to figure this out, and I'm sure they'll look at it moving forward, but I don't think it can happen. I just don't think it can happen. I think uh, we, ha- the league has to come up with something better. So, you know, whatever, I, I guess it's not my decision. It's not for me to come up with solutions. That's for the people that get paid to make these decisions. And I will be very interested to see the impact just on the number of people that even just tune in or buy a single game on, on Bleacher Report Live to watch this on Monday night because um, it – there's, I, I think there's, <laughs> I think there's a couple schools of thought here. So some people may say, oh, it's on a Monday, total toilet bowl, right? But maybe it's on a Monday. Maybe there's nothing competing against it, right? Just and, the NBA playoffs and, and the NHL playoffs. Some of the eyes playoffs. are on it. No, okay, but I mean, in in certain markets, you don't. That may not be the case as big as in others. But um, you know, this could be this could be something where you know more people are dialed into it because. There isn't their regular weekend stuff competing with it. There aren't field lacrosse tournaments going on. People are home to watch the game, maybe. Sure. You know, there there is that side of it. But, but I think there is also the other side because I look back, you know, looking specifically with the Toronto Rock, we played a game on a Sunday afternoon in New England on February the 24th. And just speaking from a social media standpoint, that was a game where we led the entire way and we lost in the in the fourth quarter, and it was you know not a, not a pretty defeat. Had that happened at home, there would have been a blanket cane <laughs> on social media <laughs> about it, right? And there was barely a ripple. It was Sunday afternoon, in New England, which you know, which again leads me to believe that maybe that is what could happen here. But it's bad from many standpoints because not only say if the Rock lose it's going to go by with ripple but if the rock are to win that game too how do you or as well sorry it if you how do you build that hype that's that's the thing i me personally am wrestling with here is how do you build that hype especially if new england wins the other semi and we're hosting that following weekend and we've got five days to get ready for that thing yeah all great questions the challenges there are certainly challenges we've seen it work i mean we've seen great success Amongst other franchises through the playoffs. Yep. Um, we've had major success ourselves in the playoffs with bigger and bigger and bigger crowds. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll move on from this, obviously, but I, I, it's disappointing as a fan of the league. I just, I, you know, I don't think it's right. So I, I, it is what it is. And I, like I said, I don't think either team really benefits from it because they both got to get there. They both got to, it's all the same. I don't, yep. I don't look at it from that standpoint. I just think from a fan standpoint, you'd like to settle in on a Saturday night and tune into that game at seven. And then you'd like to tune into the late one at 10. That's what I'd like. So instead, you're going to do it on Monday night. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. But uh, looking back at, you know, the Swarm and the Rock met back in the playoffs in 2017. Um, last time, obviously, the Rock were in the playoffs. It was the East Division final. It was the old best of two in a bit games. The Rock never got to the in a bit because uh, they were defeated. They lost by 50. 11, no, 13 to 9 in oh, game two. 11 right. 8 in game one, um, which was a very close game and, and featured some controversial moments in that game, of course, as we all remember. But uh, 2017, uh, the Swarm go on to win the championship that year. So, um, not that we're really drawing any parallels here just yet. 
we look back at the regular season results between these two teams back on December 28th. It was the Rocks' home opener. Georgia wins 12-11. Lyle Thompson scores a goal with 24 seconds left to win that game. January 18th, just a few weeks later, the Rock with a very convincing 14-9 win over the Georgia Swarm. And then on the weekend that we would all like to forget, March 22nd, March 23rd, the Georgia Buffalo weekend, which is really why the Rock are not at home here. We'll come to back to that. Playoffs. We'll come back to that. Uh, a 14-5 loss in Georgia on Friday, March 22nd. They re- the Rock, of course, rebounded the next night for uh, a closer score on the scoreboard. Anyway, nine six Buffalo eight six eight six two goal game. Yep. Um, but I don't know what to make of those three results, other than I can say we had no Adam Jones, no Sheldon Burns in the March 22nd game, and the team was just not playing well. I would say at that time. A lot of them missed the flight, too. (laughs) That was horrible. We were atrocious. So wipe that one off the slate, all right? Because that's not who we are. Um, That's not who the Rock are. So if you're going to look at – you want me to break this down? Is that what you're asking me, or are you hoping to break it down? Well, I'm just saying, what what do you – you, no. What, what, if anything, can you pull from those – I tell you what I can pull. This is my – this is – when the Rock beat them, mm-hmm. defensively, we were aggressive. And yep. we, we pushed them out and back. And in Georgia, they took the game to us. Their offense was so physical, pushing us around. And I just feel like, you know, my limited knowledge of the game, if we're not aggressive defensively and we let them dictate, they're going to they're, they're gonna score some goals. Whether they win or not, I don't know. But they're going to score because – Stats, Thompson, Jackson, these guys are physical. And if we're sitting back and playing that switch game, they're just going to pound us with picks and shoot over top of us and have some success. If we're out on them, making them backpedal, I think we're a totally different animal. That means that we need to be back there five on five, and we dictate pace. We dictate tempo. I think that honestly is the game. Uh, All the other things always apply. We've got to be back playing five on five, and we got to get some goals in transition. Those things are always applying. The game will ultimately come down to Nick and Poulin. One way or another, Nick has to be better than Poulin. Okay? These things, I think, go without saying on either side. But the one thing that dictates this game is how our defense plays them. And I find when we're being the aggressor, we are really, really tough to score on. Because you don't give them the looks they want. And instead of them pounding on you, you're going at them all day. And I just, I, for whatever reason, that's stuck in my head. And that game in Toronto, and I can remember we were on here after, and I said they made very, very good lacrosse players look super ordinary. Yep. And you can remember Thompson dropping, getting stripped three, four times. You know, stats was a non-factor. Jackson, a non-factor. That's what we got to do. And I think if we can do that, and that means getting off the floor, getting our five guys back there. And it means looking after the ball a little bit more offensively, but I think if we if we do that, we're gonna we're we're gonna win this game. I I do believe we're the better team, top to bottom. Uh, I think those two games in Toronto show us that these two teams are very very close. And I have all the respect in the world for Georgia, but I know we can beat them. The Swarm do boast uh, four players who top the eighty point mark. Uh, of course, as we mentioned, Lyle, Randy, and Shane Jackson holding Katoni in the mix, and a little bit of a wild card I think this year that kind of developed that. Um, I knew going into the 2017 draft that uh, I think Zed Williams was kind of projected as 
late first rounder, early second rounder, and the Swarm ended up taking him fourth overall. And he only got in, I think, nine games last year. 45 points, though, this year. And he's a guy that can be, I think, a bit of a wild card difference maker at both ends of the floor. And, you know, that's that's one guy I think, not not that he's necessarily going to going to beat you but I think he could be a guy that could score a big goal for the swarm or or whatever but uh, just a guy I think that just kind of pops off the page as being a guy to keep an eye on that uh, you don't want him to do something that uh, influences the game same with that Cole kid yep you know he he plays the game well and he can hang three on you and yep. he's always involved they do a really nice job with their like I'll call them spare parts like they've rounded out the roster with a with a few unknowns, yeah. American play, but they do a really nice job inserting them and giving them a chance to be great. Whether it's running the floor, dominating on loose balls on the draw, those little things that they've they're well coached and they're rounded out really nicely. They've got good size, good speed, but at the end of the day, they live well. They live and they die on two things. Poulin has been fantastic. Now, he's yep. coming off an injury, and we don't know what we're going to have there. So we'll wait and see. He has been really, really good. I think this is the best I've ever seen him play this year. Okay? He was really, really good when they won the championship. So, obviously, that goes without saying. You get a hot goal, you can win this thing. So, number four, Thompson and Stats. Man, they are incredible to watch, and they're not going to go anywhere. There's no – you can't hope they have off yeah. games. You can't hope that they're not on – there is none of that. These guys are going to go to battle, and they're going to make you work. And I just think we got to be up to that task. And whoever the four guys are, are that are going to play them, I, I just think they got to be so physical, so aggressive, and they just got to wear them down. Because, you know, to me, when I played, I think one of the attributes you always wanted as a player is you, you just wouldn't quit. You know, as an offensive player, you, you had to you had to set that tone that I'm going to come at you all game long, and you are not wearing me down. And those two players do it so well, man. They do it so well. It, that's why I love watching them play. And then they have all the skill, all the skill in the world around it. But, you know, if, if Thompson gets that top side or, or Randy gets that top side, even for a half a step, man, they, they, they're tough to stop. And if they can plant their feet and shoot the ball, they're going to score yeah. a goal. So I, I just think we got to get them playing backwards. So for what it's worth, that's my take. You know, we'll get into this, I'm sure, when we do a little preview of all the playoff games, but this is the worst league in the world to try to guess who's going to win. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe in that. Anybody can win. It's one game. You, for whatever reason, anything can happen. So I'm not going to bother assuming anyone's going to win this game. I think it should be a great lacrosse game, and I think, uh, <laughs> man, I, I hope we win. I want the Rock to win. So do I, Colin. I know you do, Mike. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break here, uh, re, uh, recharge the batteries for a moment, and then uh, we're going to come back with our uh, team awards. We're going to highlight uh, who we think offensive, defensive uh, player of the year for The Rock were our MVP, unsung hero, comeback player of the year. I think we may have teased the crap out of this so far in the first part of the uh, pod. You may already know the answer to most of these, but uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be back in a moment with more Toronto Rock Total Access.
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle here to bring you home on this episode of the program. Thanks for uh, jumping back on board with us after a couple of weeks away. But uh, we're going we're gonna to jump right into our season-ending awards here. And we're going to start with... Uh, Let's start with the unsung hero because that seems to be, you know, we'll start with that one because the unsung hero is always the guy that flies under the radar and doesn't get the respect and the love he deserves. Okay, well, I had talked earlier about Slade, but I'm not going to go that route. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Billy Hostrauser. Oh, come on, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if we go five for five here. Hey, great minds picked. think alike. Like, so, yes. Mine are actually written down here, so I, I, can, okay. I can guarantee you that. I'll I'm go first on this one. You go first on the anything. next one, or how are we going right, to do this? Fine, yes, we will. So, all yes, right. but Billy, for all the reasons, <laughs> I mean, this team was far better. Uh, Billy took on a leadership role. He's Mr. Consistent. He is, and we've talked about it, he's been outstanding, outstanding <laughs> handling the ball. Uh, he's chipped in everywhere. He's been tough when they've needed him. He is the epitome of, you know, the true, te- the true team player here. And I think he excelled defensively. And his game has risen to another level. And I don't think he got enough recognition. Thus, I'll give him my unsung. Over to you, Mike. Uh, I, too, will give Billy Hostrauser the, un- Hostrauser? the unsung hero. Just because uh, something that I mentioned after that March 22nd, 23rd weekend when – Billy missed the Friday game, and then he was back in the lineup Saturday, and just what a difference it felt like he lifted the team up when they were down after that game in Georgia and his play and his work ethic. um, I don't think it gets recognized nearly enough. And, you know, outside of his just defensive play, but I think everything that he brings to this roster and, like you say, the – almost uh, embodies what it is to to work hard and want to run through the wall for the next guy type thing. I think that's Billy Holstrauser. And it's something that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, and I think that's why he is the unsung hero. But a five and eight year, 13 points for Billy. Yeah. Uh, great year. Unbelievable. So happy for him. Good on him. And I think it all started because we got him on the podcast. We did. <laughs> that was quite an interview, that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, let's go on to our offensive, our best offensive player. Um, I may have teased this while we were off air here just for a moment. Well, who? Adam what? Jones. That's who I'm going with. I think his uh, value, I think, was shown in the time when the Rock were uh, without him. The team went 2-3. and three. And averaged uh, just 9.4 goals for per game during that five-game stretch. And uh, I, I just think his value to the team, again, sometimes even when he isn't going off, uh, I think is missed. And uh, I think – I just think he was uh, – I think he's our most impactful guy up there. I would agree with you. But I agree. But I, oh. I'm not going to give it to him because he missed six. Okay. But, yeah, I think he, he's obviously shown how important he is to these offense. So, I, great pick. I'm going to go with Robbie. Robbie had some downs this year for sure, but I thought when needed, uh, he put together a string of three, four-goal games to pull the offense out of an incredible rut. So as much as I dislike how many off nights he had, and I think I can count three or four distinctly, Yep. and your best player can't have three, four, five <laughs> off nights like that. But I think when push came to shove, uh, I can remember you know, down in Toronto – uh, I can't remember who we were playing, but he, he went off for four or five. Uh, he started going to the net again, and he kind of pulled the offense with him. And with him, you know, eventually came Littner and Craig and Johnny. And I just feel like he did a good job steering the ship in the right direction. 
getting us going a little bit. And now hopefully Tommy's coming up now. Like everybody seems to have hopefully found their stride. And, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I, I got a soft spot for Robbie, obviously, but I think he did a good job of stepping up when needed. I would have liked to have seen it earlier, not happen at all, but he did step up and bring us out of a funk. Okay, defensive player of the year. You can go first on this one. Brad Cree, no questions. And we, for all the reasons we talked about, I don't need to elaborate on that. And, and I, I would be shocked if he doesn't get consideration in the league award. I think he has to. I, I think it's one of those things where his numbers, uh, when I was going over kind of where he, he fit amongst the league leaders, his 31 cause turnovers, ranked fifth in the league. He led the team in loose balls, 133, but was 12th in the league. Um, he didn't do a lot of work at the faceoff dot this year, but he was 25 for 46 when he was in there. And I think the other thing to pop up here is Brad had 14 assists this year, which is uh, off the charts compared to his other seasons in the league. And I just think we've started to see a little bit more confidence with him with pushing the ball a little bit here and there and, and making some plays in transition now, which is another new wrinkle kind of, I think, to his game almost. And, and maybe that goes to – you know, speaks to him being a little bit fresher in games because he wasn't taking as many draws. Maybe that's something. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to make something out of nothing. But um, I, I just think he's a guy that, while he may not have the best uh, statistical line across the board among the defenders in the league, I think his work and also I think the amount of crap he ends up taking from offensive players I think shows how much of a pain in the butt he is to play against because I think he frustrates defenders like maybe nobody else or or offensive players like nobody else 31 cause turnovers uh, that's far and away our leader Mm -hmm. Uh, he's been he's been awesome there's nothing more to say I I, we're in 100% agreement there and is he going to get the league award no but in my my best estimation he should be in the top three yeah, hopefully he's a finalist and uh, among those top three vote getters because I think that will be uh, something for sure that he can hang his hat on a little bit for this season. That's been uh, probably his well, without a doubt, I think his best in the NLL. No question. Uh, let's go to before we get to the MVP. Let's go to our uh, comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. I mean, just because he came back, you got to give some consideration to Reader. But I think we got to go with Damon Edwards here. Uh, in, okay. in my estimation, Damon is—he's been consistent this year. He's been a leader defensively. They got him playing in, in big time situations. He's making a lot of great decisions. Uh, he's back to being physical and fast. He's not the dominant defender, you know, a transition player he was in the past. But he scored some goals for us, and I just think he's been sound defensively. And I think because of that turnaround, our depth on defense looks a lot better. So for me, it's Damon Edwards. Brock, okay. Brock Sorensen for me. Um, I just think he's had his best year uh, so far in a Toronto Rock uniform in his, what, four seasons, five seasons here. Um, I thought, especially in the first half of the season before he ran into some injury troubles, um, he was making plays. I think he was the big, dominating physical defender that you want out of Brock, I guess you could say, that maybe we always haven't got. But he was also starting to do, th- do some things in transition, getting regular chances, it felt like, in transition in some games where it was almost like you guaranteed you're going to see him once or twice up the floor with a chance to score or make a play. Uh, 
he's my guy there. Yeah, he's been. A, he was a big part of that kind of aggressive turnover machine we had early. Yeah, you know, he was the guy just picking up at center and just making things unsettled. So, great choice. Uh, I really am excited to see him back in the lineup this weekend because, like I said, he is unsettling out there. He's long. He's big. He can take the ball away from you, and he can score in transition. So, we've missed him. And I think the reason maybe I didn't give him the award is because he missed a few games. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what he brings this weekend. Well, and I think, yeah, when you talk about what he what he can bring to this uh, East Division semifinal on Monday night is, like you said, if you know if the key to the Rock's success is being super aggressive on defense, I mean, he's the type of guy that is probably going to be matched up against yep. Lyle or Randy uh, on the floor on Monday night. So going to be awesome. There's another guy that could be a key to victory type uh, You're right. player. So finally, our MVP, which uh, I think we have uh, taken all the surprise out of this one as the yeah, uh, there, there's no question. show it's, has gone on. But um, Hutchie, without question, is the MVP <laughs> of this team. All Love right. you, Hutchie. Okay. Yeah, no, without question, it's Challen. He's been the most exciting. He's had a dominating year. He should be again be in the conversation in the league award. Um, and I, like I just said, you can't help but watch him and just be super impressed. Not unlike when you watch Lyle play. I, I just think he's he's an incredible lacrosse player, and he's been so he's been such a treat for Rock fans. So I like I said, we've we beat this down too. So it's Challen Rogers. Yeah, and I think sometimes when people mention him in the MVP conversation, it almost comes out as. Oh, yeah, he should be in the MVP. Like, everybody says he should be, and it's like, okay, then just put him in the MVP conversation. Well, who, who is in the MVP conversation? I, I really don't follow this. I'm curious. I mean, Dane Doby wins the scoring title. Okay, so right? my— And Calgary gets by without Dixon for part of the season. No question. And without Berg for the whole season. So I think Doby's got to be in there. Agreed. His best season in his NLL career as well. Um, after that— I, I don't know. I mean, like I think Matt Vince, Lyle will Matt be Vink? in conversation. Yeah, Matt Vince is definitely going to be in there too. I mean, you think what what he did with Rochester and the fact they got to the finals and then, boom, he moves to Buffalo and they're immediately the number okay, one Okay, so I seed. think Vino and Doby for sure, I would say, are in that conversation. Uh, you know, you look through the West, there's nothing in Colorado, nothing in Vancouver. Saskatchewan was just blah, and all of their guys had great years but not outstanding years. Uh, you know, do you pick somebody like Dawson out of San Diego? Um, Rochester wasn't really in it, so you can't peg an MVP there. Uh, New England, I feel like Crawford will be in the conversation. Um, so, you know, what do they find? How many finalists are there for an MVP? Three. So, you, 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 I could make the argument that Challen belongs in there with Dolby and Vino. Yeah. That would be my – I could feel pretty confident. Now, they're not going to do that. They're going to put an offensive player in there. They're going to go with – um, they're going to go Vino, they're going to go Doby, and they're going to go Crawford, aren't they? Possibly. I, I I don't think Crawford will be in the top three. Who's the third then? I think Challen will get it? Challen could. He he really could. And I, and I think this is going to be one of those picks where it's almost like if people are making that pick, they're going to feel like they've done their homework to make the pick. You know what I mean? You like you- I, I think if people are really looking at – who the most viable players are, and if they go, even just a quick, you know, scan across the teams like you did, right, and start picking, and you're like, like oh, Lyle okay, could you know, be, Lyle yeah, could be in the conversation for but sure. I, to me, Vino made the biggest difference amongst anybody in the league. That team went from a yeah. non-playoff team. Now, there's a lot of reasons they're there too. Like, obviously, some of their personnel has really played out. They, you know, like their offense is dynamic. They've got a lot of score, but yep. 
you know, he seems to be the piece that has changed that made them the number one seed. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, Doby, rightfully so, should be in the conversation. I don't know who I give it to. I haven't watched enough to know. But Doby carried that team through a mess at the start of the year and was very good and then continued to be good as that team kind of worked their way into a home game. And now, in my in my best estimation, I think Calgary wins the West. And, again, I'm not, an, I'm not a, a person that makes – I'm not. I don't want to be this guy so. because I, the predictions in this league are irrelevant. But I, I believe Calgary is going to win the West. Wow. So, you know, if that is the case, then he certainly needs to be up there. So, I started to feel like as the season went on, and and how, uh, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, I felt like the way the season went on and, and rounded out, it was almost like Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, sorry, <laughs> defaulted their way into the favorite in the West. Unbelievable. Where I think for so long it was like. They, they seem to be starting to give everybody reasons why they shouldn't have been the favorite, and they should have been. And then it's just like by the end, it's like, there they are. I don't know. Here, st- here they are. <laughs> they're still not my favorite. I think their goaltending is a ways from being anything solid. And yeah. I just think I have seen too many holes this year. And I said it earlier, until they don't win it, I'm going to pick them. But I just feel like this year there's too many holes. I, th- I, th- I feel like Calgary can beat them. I don't feel like anybody else can. So yeah. if Calgary doesn't win the semi, I think it's it's the rushes. But, you know, back to this league, Dylan Ward could go in and beat him on his own this weekend. So, yeah. I, again, <laughs> I'm not going down that road, but my favorite in the West is, is Calgary. Okay. Um, so there you go. We made it through uh, all of our award selections there. And the NLL awards, uh, all that stuff will be uh, starting to come out here over the next few weeks uh, from the league as the voting has taken place uh, over the next couple of weeks here to determine the – league award winners so uh monday night monday it's so night. funny because we're such homers you know yeah <laughs> you know, there's probably other for people sure. in the league saying i wouldn't <laughs> have those guys in the top 10 <laughs> and i love it i always said i hated listening to people that only really rooted for their own guys but there's no question that's where i stand here because it's really you know aside from the odd game here and there i've watched the rock this year and mainly just the yeah. rock. it's funny it's good yeah, I guess. That's why this is Toronto Rock, Total Access. <laughs> Not NLL, Total Access. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you don't want to make any predictions here of the first-round games? Is yeah, I'm going to make a saying? prediction. I'm okay, going to be sitting right. there watching and cheering for the Rock. So okay, I but hope what, the Rock wins. Sorry, but let's go around the league then, just to wrap this up here. we got Let's start in the West here. we got number one, Sask. It's number four, Colorado, on Friday night, 9.30 at the Sask Tell Center. If Dylan Ward makes 104 saves, they win that game. <laughs> There's my prediction. 104 saves. If not, I've got the rush. You? 104 saves. Does that mean he's stopping every ball he faces, or he's going to face like 115 shots? Well, they're not going to win the game 15-13, so that means right. he, if they if they have 104, if he has 104 saves, they might get three on him, and they win 7-3. I don't know if they can score seven. I honestly am not convinced that team can score seven against the rush, so I'm taking the rush. Okay. Uh, San Diego against Calgary. The back half of the Monday night playoff lacrosse <laughs> doubleheader. Hey, it works for football. Pashenga Arena in San Diego. We got the Seals and the Roughnecks. I like Calgary. You? Yeah, I mean, pre-Austin Stott's injury, I'd probably take San Diego there. Um, but they have not looked like the team that they did in the first half of the season, and, and especially since he's gone down. So... I think it'll be uh, 
tough to pick them as opposed to being, you know, saying I'm picking against Calgary would be would be tough to do. But I think, um, you know, Del Bianco, this is Del Bianco against Shiliano, two former teammates going head-to-head here. Del Make- Bianco came in and took Shiliano's job. Cowtown. All access podcast must be buzzing with the storylines. <laughs> Is there one? I don't Anyways. Know. All right. So then we got uh, the Buffalo Bandits against the New England Blackwells Saturday night at 730 at the Key Bank Center in Buffalo. Well, you, Buffalo. But, again, just wouldn't shock me if New England found a way to go in and win it. I, I, but Buffalo. I think for every reason that Buffalo should win, I think New England might win this yeah. game. Because you look at the regular season results and they are so one-sided in favor of Buffalo. It's not funny. They're probably in a season series. I don't know if there was another uh, two-gamer that was as one-sided as the uh, two Buffalo wins were over New England. But, again. The NLL. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Are think you that's taking as, New England? Uh, Let's take New England. Just well, we're not bad. Hey, you know fans what? Here. For for again to be a rock homer and to hopefully get a home playoff game, absolutely. I want to see New England win. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Yes. They, they listen to this breakdown of this guy. <laughs> one team is no doubt better than the other, but both of these experts <laughs> have have the underdog. And one Plus, guy was just howling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Right. And then there's we got to take the rock. Got, there you we're go. taking the rock. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. Well, that, hey, and and I can't believe how fast this NLL season has gone by. It has been incredible. Yeah, it has ripped by. Yeah. It, it if we're sitting here next week and we've got to break this season, our season down, there's going to be a lot of questions to answer. I feel like this is a big tipping point for this group. Um, they've got to go in there and win this game, and that's just what it is. I don't think it's un- it's unsettling, and there's still too many questions on the board. If we come back with a loss again, I feel like we really haven't taken any steps anywhere. So this is a big, big game for this franchise and for this team. Which, sure, is absolutely fair to say. So what then is, in your mind, viewed as a successful and I don't want to say it's well, championship or bust. I, I think it's to get to the championship game. Get to the championship game. Right. And I just think with everything being so wide open, like you know, like I, I kind of compare this to the Leafs this year, them losing in game seven with everything else that tumbled around them. Yeah. Man, you kick yourself because you're like, you know. Every team's kicking themselves well, in the I NHL get it, right but, now. Anybody who lost. But the like Leafs is, were supposed to be yeah. the team that were built to do this. Yeah. And they, you know, they piss an opportunity away with – all the top seeds going down. I feel like with Saskatchewan not being as dominating as they have been, with the West being wide open, and aside from Buffalo, which really doesn't intimidate the Rock, I don't think. You know, there's no clear favorite here, and you hate to you hate to miss chances like this. So honestly, I think they've got to win some games and get to a final. That, maybe that's saying too much, but you know, at the start of the year, I thought we were the best team in the East, and I, I just think we got to win the East. That's unfair or not. No, because no, no. what happens if they lose? Where does the conversation steer? Right? I mean, we haven't yeah. really gained anything. We had a mediocre regular season, more good than bad. But we're out the first round on the road. Yes, and I think if you want to look at the overall picture, again, I think for this team, for this group, getting over the Georgia hurdle, the Georgia speed bump, is the thing that I think could kickstart something really special here. And, you know, it goes without saying, if you lose to Georgia, obviously you don't have that opportunity to do anything anyways. But if there's one team developing storyline that this 
Toronto Rock team has to get by, I think, and, and get that monkey off their back. It's the Georgia Swarm. Without a doubt. They, and you said it earlier, and here we are again. And we thought, oh, they got over it. They beat them 14-9 at home. They're over it. And then they just, so the league's too small. You're forever going to run into these blocks. And if we're going to be the dominant team in the East for the next few years, which we'd love to be, Buffalo's going to have a lot of say in that. So is Georgia. So here's your chance to prove it. That's all there is to it. Get in there on a Monday night get it done. All right, so don't forget you can watch that game Monday night at 7.30 from the Infinite Energy Arena in Duluth, Georgia on Bleacher Report Live. So don't forget to uh, get your app downloaded, get your laptop ready, get your HDMI cord set up, get your Roku box, your Apple TV, whatever device you're going to dial that game in on. Uh, Make sure you have it ready for Monday night, 7.30, live.bleacherreport.com is how you get there or of course search in uh, any of the app stores for uh, Bleacher Report live app and you can get it and of course like I've just said it's available Roku, Apple TV and I think Amazon Fire TV now also has the uh, Bleacher Report live app uh, built into it so lots of ways to watch the game uh, for just a few bucks you can uh, you can purchase the game on Monday night so uh, affordable option there to sit on your couch and invest the rest in your beverages and snacks to watch the game on Monday night <laughs> Colin Doyle has already checked out <laughs> yeah I thought we were done so I didn't know you were still carrying on yeah okay well I'll be watching it Monday on. I believe that's like you know kind of back selling the whole thing and, and pumping the game I didn't think I was carrying on well, I wasn't paying okay. attention. So. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> All right. And don't forget that you can renew your uh, Toronto Rock season membership as well right now, Colin. And do you know what the early bird incentive is? If you buy or renew a season membership before June 28th, do you know what that incentive is? I don't, but you're going to tell it me. It is a season subscription to Bleacher Report Live You watch the game Monday. Oh, next year? Yeah, it's next year, so you get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there I go again. All right. Um, I feel like like, like a golf course or a ski membership. You know, when you buy at the end of one year, you get the the bonus is you get to finish that year. Well, Colin, your chair is on wheels, so you can slide right over there into the ticket office and have that conversation if you'd like. I feel like I just did. (laughs) Okay. All right. So that will about wrap things up for this edition of the podcast. Uh, Great to be back and chatting with you again, and we will be back next week. Let's do it again next week. To break this all down, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about an East Division championship game against the uh, Buffalo Bandits. No, against the Wolves. We both took oh, the yeah, Wolves. Oh, yeah, sorry. Against <laughs> the, yeah, on, the Wolves. <laughs> ah, wow, that was a big mistake. All right, so for Colin Doyle, I'm Mike Hancock saying in the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week.